What's up, guys? This is B, and you're listening to Bee's Nest, a pop culture and lifestyle podcast. I'm really pumped for today's episode. I'm going to be joined by Young Go, a style commerce writer for GQ Magazine, and an old co-worker of mine from back in the day when we worked at Sharp Magazine in Toronto together. He's in New York now, just killing it, reporting on everything from fashion trends to NBA bubble barbershops with interviews with people like Allen Iverson and Lena Waithe thrown in just for fun. So he's coming on to talk about style, of course, but we're also gonna talk about the new Batman movie trailer. And, and this is what I'm most excited for, he's a huge Gilmore Girls guy. And we're gonna break down our best and worst thoughts about the series and draft a dream team from all the boyfriends who have graced the show, right? I'm going to make a prediction right here, right now, and say that Young's first overall pick will be Jess Mariano. But we'll see. That's all coming up very soon. But first, this week's Talking to Myself was inspired by one of the Gilmore Girls herself, Rory. Like Rory, I am an only child. And now that I'm at an age where a lot of my friends are having babies or have already had a baby, they asked me for my opinions on only children and if they should have a second just to give their baby a companion. It's true. When I was growing up, I would have killed for a sibling. Even now, I'm jealous of the relationships my friends have with their brothers and sisters. Of course, I know not everybody has a great relationship with their siblings, but I like to think I would have been a pretty decent sister. I'm pretty cool, obviously. What I can't abide by as an only child, are all the myths surrounding us and the bad rap we get. I found a list of quote-unquote symptoms that quote-unquote befall only children, and I'm going to debunk them here and now. So number one, only children are aggressive and bossy. Aggressive is really strong. Bossy might be fair. (laughs) That might be fair from time to time. But Is it bossy or is it just knowing exactly what we want? I think recently the term bossy has become a no-go word when it's just people making sure they get what they need and they get it when they need it. So screw you guys. Number two, only children have imaginary companions to compensate for their loneliness. Okay. Okay, that one's fair. <laughs> but you know, when you're playing alone, you, you need to, you need to create some friends for yourself. And that's not to say I didn't have real life friends at school and at playgrounds and birthday parties and stuff. But when you're home, You know, you're playing in the morning, after school, weekends, if you're not getting outside. So, yeah, you know what? Maybe I did have a few imaginary friends. Sure, maybe that contributed to me now talking to myself a lot, as I talked about in my last podcast, how I would talk to myself. And, I mean, this segment is called Talking to Myself, so it is something I do. Fine. Okay, fair. I'll give you that one. Only children are spoiled. You know what? It's not our fault. I hate hearing this one because it's like, well, fine. We didn't have to share things with siblings. We didn't have our parents saying, you know, well, we can't buy everybody a bike. Not all of you are going to get a new bike right now. People that have two, three, four, five kids can't be buying new stuff for each and every one of them all the time. When you have just the one child, it's so easy to, sure, spoil them. But is it really spoiling when you're just buying them things? (laughs) Okay, look, it's hard not to spoil when just one child is around. Only children are selfish. That's garbage. I'm an excellent sharer. Always have been since kindergarten. So fuck you. Only children must have their way. That's not true. 
You know who likes to have their way a lot? Parents. You know who I didn't have to back me up when I didn't want to do what my parents wanted me to do? Siblings. If you have a sibling, then it's two against two, and you have a chance of getting your way. If you have two siblings, that's three against two. Your parents are immediately outnumbered. They don't have a shot in hell. Only children, we ought to follow the rules a lot because there's really no one there to back us up, and there's nobody there to take the fall if we go against what our parents say and fuck up. So, mm. only children are dependent. This one, I can tell you for a fact, is crap. And it's because growing up as an only child, when yes, I was the only person there for my parents to give any kind of help to, financial or otherwise, but it just made me want to become as de independent as possible. I wanted to prove that I can do things on my own. That includes, you know, moving out when I was in university. My mom didn't want that to happen, but it did. And even now, I'm in my 30s, and my mom would still love to help me do a ton of stuff. And I'm talking like, she would love to do my laundry. <laughs> she would love to help me cook meals. And I'm so insistent on doing things myself. And I think it's because I had so many years of my parents just focusing all of their love and help on me that that was the thing I almost had to rebel against. Like, I can do it on my own. Trust me, I got this. So that one's crap. And the last one on this list is only children become too mature too quickly. I don't even know what that means. I mean, I guess because only children really only have their parents at home to interact with, they think that we're having like these really adult conversations. <laughs> like only children are sitting at the kitchen table with the parents talking about mortgages because that's just the topic of the day. We have no other children around to bounce childish topics off of. I think they're all crap. I also think, too, obviously, it depends on the person. Not all only children are going to be as stable and normal as I like to think that I am. That's one of the things I get hit with the most is people think that only children are weird. And I guess it's because people think that we talk to ourselves. <laughs> And we're super dependent on mom and dad. But guys, we're just like you. We just had a little bit more love and attention. Sorry. Let's think about Rory Gilmore. She's definitely not aggressive and bossy. No imaginary friends that they brought up. Uh, definitely not spoiled. She become spoiled, you know, later. In later seasons, she takes a lot of things for granted. Selfish. Everybody's a little bit selfish. Siblings are not. Must have their way. Yeah. Again, later seasons, she gets a little bit unbearable. Dependent. <laughs> Rory Gilmore is definitely dependent on her mom. Emotionally, mentally, Mature too quickly, that's, you know what, maybe that is a little bit Rory Gilmore. She seems like the kind of kid that would have actually been sitting at the kitchen table having those very grown-up conversations with her mom. But Lorelai doesn't seem like the kind of adult that would have had those grown-up conversations. So, I don't know. Say what you will about only children, I think we're pretty cool. Every time I meet an only child and you realize that about each other, it's such a beautiful thing. You're like, oh, you're an only child? I'm an only child. Oh my God, did your parents just <laughs> smother you with love and attention? Yes, you too, same. It's nice, it's a nice little club to belong to. Would have loved to have had a sister or brother, but that's where we are. I'm gonna be talking to young, 
right now about a bunch of things that we both have deep, deep-seated emotional feelings about. Anyway, I'm going to be talking to Young about things that we have very strong emotional connections to. What's up, Young? How's it going, B? I'm good. How are you? I am great. Thank you for having me. It's so nice to see your, your face. I know. I haven't seen your face in over a year, I think. At least. At least a year. Yeah. It's been a while. It's been a minute. Can you give me a little descriptor of what you do at GQ? Give us a little bit of a background. Yeah. So uh, I am the style commerce writer at GQ, which means I write mainly about fashion and I do a lot of stuff like, you know, style guides and trend reports and that kind of thing, letting, letting the people know what to buy and when to buy it and what's cool and trying to keep them informed. I also do a lot of our sneaker coverage. So I, um, I write a lot of our sneaker of the week columns, which is pretty fun um, because I love shoes just like you do. And uh, yeah, and then, and then when I'm lucky, I get to do some uh, sports stuff and some pop culture stuff. And uh, yeah, it all adds up to this pretty fun, pretty exciting job that I've been doing for just over a year now. So it's been great. Oh, congratulations on your one year anniversary recently. Hey, thanks. Yeah. job anniversary. It's fun. <laughs> so what's happening in fashion right now? Tell me what the thing is at this moment. Well, uh, I think, you know, it's, it's interesting. Like, like we were, we were talking about before we started recording, uh, 2020 has been a trip. You know, uh, I've had to write a lot of sweatpants, uh, you know, content, a lot of sweat short content, a lot of robe content and slippers. Um, I'm hoping, you know, I think a lot of that is still going to stick around for fall. A lot of people are still working from home and they're going to need to be cozy. Um, but it seems like people, I think, like you and I are starting to, to get ready to, to, to dress up a little bit again and express themselves a little bit again. And, you know, even if you're not going anywhere, you know, like I got a collared shirt on, you have, you have uh, gorgeous eyelashes on. Uh, and, uh, you know, so I think it's, it's going to be that sort of thing where people are going to start, you know, still dressing comfortably, but, but hopefully, you know, fancying things up a little bit here and there. So we'll yeah. see how that goes. I'm, yeah. I'm excited to buy some new jeans. So. Oh, remember jeans? Yeah, just get some hard pants back in my life. <laughs> um, so you talked about uh, covering athletes, and I know you interviewed mm -hmm. um, Allen Iverson recently. Um, I did. Who, who are some stylish athletes out there? Oh, man, so many. Uh, yeah, you know, I think the NBA by far is far and away the most stylish sport um, sports league on the planet. Uh, I think it makes sense, you know, like of the North American, the big North American sports, it's the one – with the most room for, you know, creativity on the floor and expression. And, you know, they're not wearing, they're not wearing helmets or ball caps to like cover up their faces. So you can really identify them and see them. And they, yeah, they've also had the most leeway to express themselves going into games, right? Like, uh, you know, the, the, the NBA, the pregame tunnel has become this red carpet of sorts, uh, which is kind of amazing. So it's, it's really like guys like, you know, Russell Westbrook is one, his teammate James Harden, those kinds of, those kinds of fellas have like real adventurous senses of style and they, they get to show them off before games um, at, every, at every instance. Uh, another great one is a Canadian kid, uh, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, who plays for the Oklahoma City Thunder. Um, he is like very young. I think he's like 21, 22 um, but he, you know, dresses like a king. He's just got like a very innate sense of style. He's really adventurous. He's, he's into like really cool streetwear brands before everyone else has heard of them. He's, he's, he's one to watch for sure. Yeah. Has the pandemic, uh, put a damper on that tunnel fashion show? Uh, no, I wouldn't say so. I think, I think since all these guys have been in the bubble, they've, they've still been bringing it. It's been interesting to see how it's changed, you know, a lot of their style. I think, What's been really cool to see is obviously, you know, going into this, a big concern for a lot of NBA players was to keep the focus on the social justice movement that's been happening. And you've been seeing a lot of that um, in terms of wearing, you know, shirts with Breonna Taylor's name on them and um, different, you know, messages on, 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 their, on their sweatshirts and, and on their masks. And so that's been really cool to see. And then, you know, you, you've just seen, again, people dressing comfortably, but in a really cool way, like, uh, 
there's been a couple guys in, in the bubble that have had sort of, uh, after, you know, the last dance was such a big thing and it, it definitely brought a lot of nostalgia back for, for like a young Michael Jordan style. And we've seen some people trying to cut, like, you know, pay homage to that with like matching tee and, and uh, pattern t-shirt and short combos and things like that. So that's been really cool to see as well. Um, do you have, I mean, this is going to be pretty broad, but to your recollection, mm -hmm. do you have like a favorite athlete look of all time? Oh man, that's really tough. Uh, you know, like I think, um, there've been, you know, athletes have been stylish for forever, basically, you know, it turns out that people that are in really good shape look really good in clothes. So, uh, and they, they figured that out on their own. Um, I think, you know, going back to, to you know, we've ta been talking a lot about Michael Jordan, but he's been on the mind ever since the last dance came out. I think, uh, my colleague, Sam Shuby wrote a great essay about this for GQ about how in those documentaries, one of the coolest looks, uh, all of some of the coolest looks that you saw of Michael Jordan was when he was younger and playing golf. And, uh, he had these really cool, you know, like, fitted polos with like sweater vests and you know colorful colorful pants and awesome hats and uh and it always had this like awesome gold chain on he just like looked really really cool he looked like you know he kind of looked like Tyler the Creator a little bit um you know other than that I'd have to say like yeah we were talking about Allen Iverson he used to wear like you know show up to to, to games in fur coats um Walt Frazier back in the 70s wore some amazing suits he still does on TV uh I love tennis style so like Bjorn Borg and John McEnroe when they're rocking their like short shorts and their headbands, those are some good looks. So yeah, it's, it's, uh, yeah. Looking, looking back at old athlete style is some of my favorite things to do. So there's, there's a veritable feast of yeah. good looks out there if, you, if you're looking for them. Yeah. Yeah. I would pick mine is super random that I just saw in a really quick clip one time, like five years ago, maybe six years ago, mm -hmm. um, of athletes walking through the tunnel, but it's an NHLer. Okay. And usually, you know, they just kind of rock a really lame Navy suit. But Evander yeah. Kane, back when he was with mm -hmm. Winnipeg, he was that wearing head-to-toe, like, chrome silver suit. Oh, wow. And that was, like, the one part of the game that made me look up and like, whoa! Yeah. Like, like shiny. Like we're talking like, like, like Backstreet Boys, <laughs> like Millennium Era Backstreet Boys vibe. Is that is that what we're talking about? Like the Millennium Tour. You nailed it. Yeah. And Incredible. he looked Incredible. so Much fantastic respect. that, like five six years later, I still am like, you know who's a really stylish guy? Evander Kane. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Couldn't tell you another suit he's worn since then. But that one moment in time has sealed him forever in my mind as super. That's sad. how you know it's a winning look, right? That's the dream is you wear one great outfit and for the rest of your life, you're, you know, you're just like living off its reputation. That's, I'm trying to get to that point at some point. <laughs> yeah. Let's move into a, a part of this podcast that I am super excited about. I hope you are too. Mm -hmm. It's surrounding Gilmore Girls. Oh, our shared passion. Our shared yeah. passion. I remember finding that out when we worked together. So exciting. I love Gilmore Girls so much. And you, you and I both do. Um, the third member of our trio of, of pals, Colin, uh, does not as much, but we do like to torture him in the group chat by just talking about it constantly, which is great. Yeah. Uh, Every now and, and then he'll yeah. just chime in with his love for Rory. And that's all we need. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's enough. It works. Yeah. We go, you know what? Great addition, Colin. You nailed it. Oh, yes. Amazing show. I have not rewatched it in a while. So in preparation for this, I got to, to, to jump back into a few favorite episodes, which was a very nice, nice thing to do. N nice, nice refresher. And it's a great, if you're out there, if you haven't seen Gilmore Girls for some reason, it is an amazing pandemic watch. You know, okay. like there's seven seasons plus, uh, we'll, we'll talk about this later, plus a revival that, you know, is Maybe skippable, but uh, <laughs> it's there if you, if, you, if you get to the end of the seven seasons and still need something else. So, so let's start this off. We're going to draft a team. Okay. Five picks each yep. of boyfriends from the show because there were a buttload. Okay. So I want to clarify something. Okay. Are, are these only Rory and Lorelai boyfriends or... I have I have every 
I have boyfriends from a lot of relationship. Okay, great. Perfect. Same. You're going to get the first pick. Well, with the first pick in the draft, I have to go on brand. Maybe, you know, this might be a controversial decision. Jess. (laughs) Jess is my first pick. Jess is the reason I started watching Gilmore Girls. Because when I was in uh, first year university, I was dating somebody. And she was like, uh, you know, one night we're on a date. And she was like, you remind me so much of Jess from Gilmore Girls. And I was like, who's that? I don't understand who that is. And so I went to go watch and catch up and been hooked on the show ever since. So, you know, that's, he's my introduction to the, to the world. It was one of the most flattering things I found out later. Well, sort of flattering things that anyone's ever said to me. And uh, yeah, and I've loved him, um, my love Amelia and the show ever since. So he's got to go number one. He's, he's artsy, he's brooding, he's, you know, he's handsome. He gets better, he, he's also, he improves as the show goes along. You know, he start, comes in as this sort of sullen kind of badass and, by the end is a published writer and novelist and, and has his stuff together. So, uh, and is still ex- extraordinarily handsome. If there's one thing about the revival that, that holds up, it's, it's Milo Ventimiglia's looks. Yeah. So I'm going to go with Jess as my number one pick. And I knew you would, so I didn't even have him <laughs> on my list. Awesome. Amazing. I knew yeah. for a fact, if you were to go first, Jess was your pick. So I was like, Let's pretend Jess isn't even an option here. Yeah, number one with a bullet. Yeah. What a compliment a girlfriend said you were Jess. Wow. Right? I know. I know. I don't know if that's necessarily true anymore or maybe even then, but I I will take it. It was a great, it was a great thing to hear. I mean, you're a writer. You're creative. Mm -hmm. You've got great hair. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah. I've seen you rock a leather jacket. I, I do like, I do like the leather. Yeah. I, I, I'm just not, I just don't think I'm, I'm, I'm too happy to be Jess yeah. in some ways, you know, like I like a smile. Yeah. <laughs> My first pick, Logan Huntsberger. Wow. Yep. Strong second pick and interesting. I did not see that coming, but I am. Wow. Really? Good one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's great. Rory's third serious boyfriend in the series. Yes. Goes to Yale, super dickish on first glance, mm-hmm. but he's handsome, he's rich, he's the heir to a newspaper dynasty, and- What more could you want? <laughs> he's one of those assholes who, like, has a heart of gold when you dig down to it. Eventually. Eventually yeah. he does. Yeah. He's a bit of a project, you, you and I like that. It. Yeah. I think that's a good pick. I think, yeah, I think he- he gets a slight bad rap among some people for the, for all the reasons you mentioned, but he definitely also is, yeah, he's a winner. He improves as time goes on. Great, great second pick. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I think she was stupid to turn down, spoiler alert, his proposal at the end of the season. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. It's true. Yeah. It's true. Um, all right. Second draft. Okay, my second, my second pick, the third pick overall. I mean, I was not expecting to have him on the board. So, <laughs> Luke, Luke, got to take Luke. How could you uh, not? You know. Now I have, I have, I have a nephew and uncle together, together at last. What are your reasons? What? What are your do, reasons? Do you not like Luke? He's not on my board. I don't. Uh, I, mean, I don't like him. Oh, you don't care for him at all. No. Oh, I. <laughs> Just like uh, he's he's a real, you know, he's a real gruff man's man. He makes mean pancakes, great burgers. You know, he's he's quick with a quip. He, you know, he can he can stand up to Lorelai. Um, yeah, I don't know. He he he's always there when you need him to to fix your roof or install some lights or whatever whatever you need. Looks great in a baseball cap. You know how much I love my baseball caps. Um, yeah, I, I I had to go. I had to go, Luke. He's a bit emotionally unavailable. Okay. All right. Well, uh, I would argue uh, so is Lorelai. <laughs> oh, damn. Yeah. Shots fired. I mean, I mean, I think, I think he's just, he, he's, you know, he's, he's, a, he's a man of a different generation. He needed a little time to sort of warm up and, 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 and get there. But uh, overall, you know, very respectable, you know, Business owner, um, 
yeah, I don't know. I, I, lo I love him. So I had, I had to go there. I, that, that's fascinating that he wasn't on your list. No, I have him. I have him under do not draft. Oh, wow. That's yeah. crazy. I mean, I have some people on there too, but I wasn't expecting. Yeah. Okay. Fascinating. We can go through that list too. I, we can go through our, our undraftables <laughs> afterwards. Yeah, absolutely. My second pick fourth overall, I am between two guys right now and I'm just nervous because I don't want you to scoop one of them up in the next round. Okay. So I am going to draft Dave Rogalski. Wow. Okay. Lane yeah. Yeah. No, he was he's definitely on my list. Wow. <laughs> Adam Brody. What a, what a heartthrob. What a heartthrob. What a missed opportunity. He got cast uh, in the OC. So he had OC. to leave very early on. But I mean, I think we all won with that though. Right. Great show. Totally. Oh, yeah. oh my God. We'll do another podcast just about the OC. Oh, can't wait. Can't wait. <laughs> I think Lane Kim lost out big. She did. She did. I mean, he was so sweet. He pretended to be in a Christian rock band to appease her mom. Like, that's going an extra mile. That's, yeah. that's real love right there. He read I the wouldn't... whole Bible in a night. Yeah. Yeah, that's incredible. Musically so. inclined. Adam Brody, mm -hmm. you can't ask for anything better. He is fantastic, so... Second pick. Thumbs up. Thumbs up. Great pick. So now I'm torn between two people. Um, I think because I've gone, I, I have a Rory person. I have a, I have a Lorelai person. I'm going to go outside the box just like you just did. I'm going to take Jackson. <gasps> Great pick. You know, lovely guy. You know, so sweet. So sweet. Um, so understanding you know he's always got the, the great fresh produce um which is important at a time like this you know when you don't need it when you don't want to be going to the grocery store <laughs> oh yeah bringing the uh bringing the peaches and plums directly to you yeah fantastic so um and just a real overall yeah yeah like just a real sweetheart from from top to bottom so i think that's that's my that's my third pick yeah and that's a great pick. Him and Suki mm -hmm. were a fantastic couple. Match made oh, in heaven. Yeah. Oh, they were fantastic. Great pick. Now I can take I can take my my third guy, Jason Digger Styles. What? <laughs> Hold on. Yep. That's crazy. Yep. That's insane. I love that character. One of Lorelai's boyfriends. She knew him as a child. They have so much history. They come from the this same kind the of worst. background. Are you serious? I oh. love Jason. Okay, He's now you can't. Listen, you made me explain Luke. You're really going to have to explain Jason. He makes her sleep in a guest room. <laughs> because he has sleeping problems. He can't sleep next to another person. Wow, that is fascinating. That is a crazy pick. Okay, yeah. He didn't make huh. her sleep on the couch. He had like a tricked out guest room for her. Sure, sure. <laughs> I, I would appreciate the shit out of that. I suppose, yeah. The one thing I don't like about him is that his dog is freakishly trained and is basically a statue. That's really weird. Okay, yeah, that is, uh, yeah, there's a lot of that, that's weird about him. That, that, that's a curveball. Wow, that's impressive. <laughs> but I, his drunk. sense of humor is fantastic. Him and Lorelai, they work off each other really nicely. They have similar mm -hmm. backgrounds. He understands the whole craziness of her pa her parents. He gets all the pressures on her. He stands up for himself, you know. When when Lorelai's dad sure. screws him over, takes him to court. Yeah, I mean that's kind of awkward, right? You're trying to <laughs> you're trying to woo someone's daughter. the The weirdest thing to do is like to take take their dad to court. You know, it causes a little bit of tension in the family. I have to say, I don't know. But, I mean, all right, sure, I guess, I guess. Lori, Lorelai's dad really fucked him over. <laughs> so, I like him. I like their relationship. Fascinating. Yeah. Okay, well, my next pick is the person I, I assumed you were going to take, the, a, a person that I think has a better relationship with Lorelai and uh, is, more, <laughs> is, uh, is, is also, like, I, I, I think um, the way that you think uh, – that uh, that Rory missed an opportunity not 
not marrying Logan. I think Lorelai missed an opportunity not marrying Max. Oh, Max. Such so a, again, just a real sweetheart. You know, he really, really got Rory too. And, 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 and the two of them had, you know, such a connection, like he and, he and Lorelai and just a, just a good looking, good looking hunk, you know? Um, and, uh, and he's like, he's, he's there, you know, early in the show, at the beginning of the show. And, and he's, he's the first boyfriend all through the first season. And then, and then you just have that really, it just like gets left on this weird dangling note where they're engaged, the wedding is set to happen. Um, and then nothing, it just fizzles out and you never see him again, really. Kind of, kind of, kind of shocking. So, um, yeah, so that's my, that's my, my fourth pick. Yeah, that's a good pick. He's a great guy. Yeah, she leaves him the weekend of their wedding. Yeah, yeah, just reckless. What a shit person. I know. <laughs> I know. Well, we're going to get into that, too. See yeah, we're going to talk think. about yeah, how yeah. horrible everything Oh, boy. Is. Yeah. Fourth pick, eighth overall. Uh, I want to pull one of my, my crazy-out-of-the-box ones. Mm-hmm. But I want to make sure you don't take that guy from me. So I'm going to take him first. I'm going to go Christopher Hayden. Okay. Okay. He's near the bottom of my, of my draft pool, but he is in my draft pool. That's I do fair. like him. That's so, so yeah. he, he also goes way back with Lorelai. Rory's father. Yep. And yep. him and Lorelai kind of hook up on and off and get married pff, randomly. Yeah. <laughs> Right, and right there in the last season, just for just for just for you know shits and giggles. Yeah, divorced yeah. five minutes later. That's fine. Mm-hmm. But I like his energy. He's impulsive. He's fun, rich. <laughs> yeah. I'm running All good quality guys. They are mostly rich guys. <laughs> wow. My team. Uh, my team is going to be really well stocked with swag. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's what you need. Yeah. Right. But I liked him. He he also oh, had a great sense of humor. Yes, he, uh, he does have some personality, and he's just, you know, plagued by some poor decision-making and lack of, you know, birth control in some instances. You know, who am I? Time and time again, it fails him, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, those are his flaws. Okay, yeah. my, my, my last wild card pick. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go five just, 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 for, just for fun. Uh, I got to go Peyton, which is John... Ham's character. Oh shit! He's <laughs> only in, in the show for a very short moment, but he he um yeah he he flirts and dates Lorelai in like one episode. I think maybe two, definitely one. But it's early John Ham. I love Mad Men. You know, uh, just just having him show up on another one of my favorite shows is a real blessing. You know, I I, I don't even really remember. I had to say like I, I was like looking up Gilmore Girl boyfriends and, and and he popped up and I was like, oh yeah, like I kind of remember that episode. Don't really remember his character, but it's still, it's Don Draper. So he makes my list. That's an interesting one. And he's, yeah, he's definitely in one episode. I think he's mentioned in the next episode. In another one. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, that's right. That's what right. happened yeah. to that guy? Yeah, where is he? Yeah, he's gone. But um, yeah. That's Wanted a to throw a real curveball at you. And, uh, <laughs> and hey, you know, what a great actor. What a looker. The last pick. The pressure's on. I am going to take Doyle McMaster. Whoa! Harris's Yale boyfriend. Yeah, yeah. He's smart. He's very small. He's compact. Right, right. And... (laughs) <laughs> like an Italian sports car, you know, like uh, <laughs> as. Uh, <laughs> but he's so supportive of Paris and all mm-hmm. of her crazy personality yeah. fucking changes at all times. He's got some extreme energy, that one. Oh my God. He's able to calm her. He's able to talk her off a fucking ledge. But, you know, he's not. he's not too soft either. Like when they start doing no, that no. Taibo boxing shit. He's yeah, right in there yeah. with her. He's got some backbone. So I like him. And, and he later, he also later, and he later becomes, you know, a uh, uh, um, a uh, Hollywood screenwriter. So again, 
probably doing pretty well for himself. So that fits into your overall theme as well. You know, doing great. He also appeared on a couple episodes of Mad Men. There you go. Wow. Yeah. Look at that. Look at us. Doyle and Peyton together again. <laughs> yeah. Who knew that Mad Men? Mad Men was the was the Gilmore Girls spinoff. We never knew we needed. <laughs> Actually, you know, speaking of the devil, uh, Rory also on that show. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Yeah, and, and now in real life married to Pete Campbell. You know, it is. Huh. It is the freaking spinoff. Who saw it coming? That's crazy. Wow, that's, that's mind-blowing. I, re I never re realized that until right now. So who's your, yeah. final, who's your final five? So my final five are uh, Jess, Luke, Jackson, um, Max, and, uh, and Peyton, John Hamm. Nice. That's not a bad team. Yeah. I got Logan Huntsberger, Dave Rogalski, Jason Stiles, Christopher Hayden, mm. and Doyle McMaster. Wow. If, so if our, if our teams were playing a basketball game, who do you think would win? Oh. I think Luke is probably, probably going to go hard in the paint a little bit, you know? So he, got well, some, he, he, he gets some aggression out. Playing against Christopher, he definitely would. That's true. That is true. But Logan and Jess, I think, I think would be an interesting matchup too. Yeah, that, that, they, 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 they definitely heat each other up. They've had some confrontations. That huh. one, yeah, I, I don't know. I think it could go either way. It really could. <laughs> Fascinating. Come down to a buzzer beater. Who were, who were your undraftables? Oh, well, I mean, Dean, obviously, right? Yeah. Just, oh. <laughs> just a big bowl of oatmeal. Just nobody, nobody needs him. Dean isn't even on my list. <laughs> no, no. Uh, Lane's husband, Zach, is nice, but meh, right? Just yeah. like Zach adds nothing. Not yeah. So those are those the two that I kind of had in mind. And, uh, um, yeah. What about I you, dude? Was there, was there anyone else that, that I had, was just I not? had Zach for sure. He's such a dud. Um, I had Luke. Sorry. Mm -hmm. Right, right, right. And uh, I had TJ. Luke's brother. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fair. Like, he's also seems like sweet at heart, but mm -hmm. holy shit, that outside perimeter of him would be so yeah. hard to break through. Yeah. Fair enough. So should we get into the, the Lorelai Rory conversation? Sure. Yeah. Let's do it. You, yeah. Yeah. So who in your mind, who in your mind is the worst, the best and worst Gilmore girl? Um, the best Gilmore girl, I think, undeniably, is Emily Gilmore. Okay. All right, she, make the case. She, I, don't, I don't disagree, but I, I'd <laughs> like to hear your reasons. So, you know, she's a bit, of, bit harsh to her uh -huh. only daughter. Only child, really. Right. Um, but it's, it's a lot of the time a tough love. It can't have been easy trying to raise a wild stallion like Lorelai, who's... Right entire life seems to just be do the opposite of what her mom has told her to do mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which is fine as a teenager but as an adult so many times watching that series i'm just like oh my god lorelei yeah. shut the fuck up <laughs> she does make some real we were talking about this a couple weeks ago you and i because we talked about gilmore girls a lot <laughs> um the whole the whole premise of the show is a little bit flawed in that all she needs to do, uh, you know, in the, in the first episode, all she needs to do is, is go over to her parents' house for dinner once a week, and they'll pay this insanely expensive tuition for four years of high school. And she's like, oh, I have to sit through an hour at my parents' house where they serve me excellent chef-made food? How could I, right? Like, come on, just suck it up, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I'm they're like, not abusive. They're just kind of mean old white people. That's, that's, that's okay. You can make it through that. Her mom doesn't love the people that she dates. Yeah. Welcome to the world, Lorelai. Exactly. Yeah. Just, Jeez Louise. And she's just yeah. so very dramatic over everything. Everything is the end of the world. Mm -hmm. Everything needs to be, you know, discussed ad nauseum. And it's like, it's right. Right. It's, Listen, like, I think, you know, for everyone listening, I think it's safe to say we, we both do love Lorelai in her own way. Totally. But <laughs> she, yeah, she definitely makes some boneheaded decisions and acts out in a really petulant, you know, 
teenage hormonal way and it's it's hard to take sometimes you know yeah. and she it's needs funny. that tough love sometimes she definitely needs it sometimes and it's funny mm -hmm. when, like your 15 year old daughter is so much more mature than you right right who's your who's your favorite favorite gilmore girl um i was tempted to give it to to tricks because uh you made her an option and she she gives she gives emily you know some of her own medicine which is kind of nice you know um balances you know balances out the force um i don't know it's, it's really it's really hard for me to say because everyone yeah i think i think you, you've actually sold me I was gonna say I was actually gonna say Lorelai for best and worst at the same mm -hmm. time, um, because she's got the most fun energy. She's got the best references, uh, you know, the best quips and really great outfits. Um, but she's also, as we've discussed, the worst. Um, <laughs> but I think you might have sold me on Emily as the best. So, yeah, you, you won me over with that. Um, I, I I didn't really put Rory. You know, Rory just isn't anything story Colin she's just like um she starts off you know like this sort of innocent fun lovable girl and then and then she 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 gets kind of annoying as time goes on as well more and more annoying makes worse and worse decisions just like her mom I guess um and so she doesn't really qualify anywhere for me she's not she's not the highest of the high or the lowest of the low yeah yeah I totally agree and I also wanted to put Rory as worst but then when you really mm -hmm. think about it, like all of her stupid choices, all of her dumb mistakes, she's, she's a teenager for most yeah. of the series. And so, they don't really come back to haunt her that much, ever. No. The worst yeah, thing she so. does is she steals a boat and gets arrested, right. which, okay, that Great. sucked. But yeah. <laughs> she needed one, one big thing that she did, you know? Yeah. Or like got pregnant and had a baby mm -hmm. at 16. Rory stole a boat and got arrested. You know, people... Um, People like to hate on that storyline too, where she drops out of Yale and she's not talking to Lorelai and, and you know, all that stuff. But I, again, as a Jess stan, I love that because Jess, that's when Jess comes back into her life and yells at her at, at this dinner, uh, which like gives one of the best speeches in the, in the whole show. And um, um, so, you know, if, if all that needed to happen just to get Jess back for a couple episodes, I'm, I'm totally okay with it. Yeah. <laughs> Who would have thought that Jess Mariano was gonna be the voice of reason? Exactly. Four or right? five seasons you down the line. That coming. Yeah. So. So I. So Lorelai is the worst. Yeah, I think we can agree. You know, we love her, but she is the worst. Yeah. When Luke and Lorelai break up because he finds out he has a daughter, he has April. Like mm -hmm. that was really annoying. Like there's no reason for them to break up just because he suddenly has a daughter, and that's also so random and, and like and just like a recycled plot line from when Christopher as a baby with Sherry, right, when they're supposed to get together. And then, you know, like, it's just like this weird get out of jail free card for them to be like, well, we can't have Lorelai be happy in love. <laughs> so let's just give her boyfriend a kid. I don't know, right? Work the first weird, time. Yeah, like, what a weird, what a weird thing that is. And like, you know, and they don't even try to, neither time do they try to work through it or, you know, you know, find any kind of shared custody situation. It's just like, nope, I guess this is over. Yeah. So, yeah. I have I have the whole Secret Child April Nardini plot line in mm -hmm. all caps in my notes as worst plot line. Yeah, yeah. Horrible. She's just also an annoying kid. She's very annoying. She sucks. Yeah. Yeah. No one likes to know it all. No. And she's I don't I don't remember what the thing was when you first see her she's wearing like this really weird helmet shoulder uh, contraption thing yeah yeah that's right and right away i was like nope yeah, yeah. the Hard other not. really the other really bad storyline um th throwing back to the boyfriend's discussion is the fact that rory sleeps with dean when he's married just like you know he's just not it no you know, he's not the one <laughs> that you want to lose your virginity to especially <laughs> if he's in a committed relationship like what are you doing uh yeah, what a mistake that was. Can we talk about what it is about Dean that he's just so universally hated? It's just, he doesn't have a personality. He's just, you know, he's just like a cardboard box. He's just, <laughs> I don't know. He's like, yeah, he's like chewing on a cardboard box. It's just, there's no flavor. 
and it just never, never gets easier. You know, I don't know. He's, uh, yeah, he's brutal. Yeah. It's funny yeah. because I think when he's first introduced, he's right. so like the perfect first boyfriend for a teenage girl. Like he's sure. tall, he's got right. that wispy hair thing going on. But then so quickly he just becomes jealous and he doesn't know anything about, you know, the kind of pop culture that, that Rory's into. And yeah. No, he's got no quips. No, it's nothing. There's no banter. There's no back and forth. I, I don't know if you watch Love Island, but he just does not have the chat, <laughs> which is what they would say on that show. I don't, but I love it. That's my new saying. Thank you. Yeah. Um, also, too, there's one of the worst lines in that show was when she was busy studying and she was like, you know, I need to study it again to Harvard. And he's like, it's always about Harvard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my future? You know, yeah, it is always about that. You know what? He's kind of like, he's a little bit like Andy's boyfriend in The Devil Wears Prada. Ugh. <laughs> yeah. Just another just wet blanket. Good yeah. Lord. The wet blanket yeah. boyfriend. He sucks. Yeah. And so. then, yeah, cheats on his wife, Lindsay. Like, gets married at 19, first of all. I know. To his what rebound. Doing? What are you doing? He's the worst. Boy. And then in the, I mean, we're going to talk about the revival, but he, he shows up in the revival. Everybody does. And she tells mm. him like, you were the perfect first boyfriend. Ain't yeah. You, really? Yeah, I don't know. Was that guy sucked. <laughs> it's also yeah. though, a little bit in his defense, like you, you can't fight a Jess Mariano coming to town. No, that's true. He's just a whirlwind. You know, he comes in, he's leaving notes in the margins of her, of her books. Oh. He's wearing cool leather jackets, you know? He's got a car. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Shows up to dinner with a black guy. How mysterious. I know. I know. Just Incredible. one of those boys you have to tame. Yeah, that's another, that's actually another uh, recycled uh, plot line. <laughs> is, uh, is just get that black guy from a swan. And I, I was just rewatching this episode where uh, Michelle says that he hates swans because he was attacked by them as a, uh, <gasps> as a teenager. Yeah. Wow. Weird, uh, weird swan thing happening in Gilmore Girls. Yeah. They're the enemy. Hmm. You know what? As someone who lives in suburbia and there are all kinds of like geese around at all times. Yeah, you get it. You absolutely get it. I fucking hate those birds. For sure. Yeah, my parents live on the lake. There's just, their, their yard, their backyard is just covered in goose crap. It's horrible. Yeah. yeah. And I'm always the one that has to chase them away with a broom. So I get it. I absolutely <gasps> get it. No, I won't. If they're on a pathway that I'm walking on, I will turn around and go the opposite way. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I think it's probably because of those episodes. Like, I'm not getting a black guy from a bird. No, no they're, they're intense. Yeah, you don't want to mess around with, with any, kind of, any kind of goose or swan or they can take nothing me like sure. that. Um, who would you say had the best relationship of the series? Um, I, I was thinking about this. I think Richard and Emily, right? They, uh, yeah, they've got like a decades long commitment. They just are right for each other. They understand each other. Um, they accept each other. Uh, yeah, I think if not them, then Jackson and Suki, but I think Richard and Emily probably take the cake. Who would you say? Um, mine was also Richard and Emily. Yeah. Again, yeah, yeah. like they have 40 be. years together. They've mm -hmm. weathered the storm. Yeah. They, they're perfect together. Like they have their roles in their marriage that they just right. know right. completely now and everything is seamless. And in the first I think season when he has a heart attack mm -hmm. that's like the first time that you get to see Emily be emotional right her vulnerable side yeah and she tells him like you can't die you have to promise me that I will go first yeah I was like Emily no Richard so never gonna die and again you know okay you know if, if we're gonna transition a little bit into the revival <laughs> that is that is the one part of the revival that that was really moving and um, really heartbreaking and, and worked for me was, was Emily getting over Richard's uh, real life passing. Unfortunately, the actor that played him uh, passed away before the revival was made. And, and that whole journey was, was kind of nice. And, 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 you know, got, you, you get a little bit of closure there, which is, which is, uh, which was, which was nice to see. So. Yeah. She completely changes, changes as a person in a great way. Mm -hmm, in the revival. Mm -hmm. She yeah. takes up whaling. She moves right. close to the water. Well, I think whale watching. I don't think she takes up whaling, which is, <laughs> which is murdering whales. I just want to 
quickly. She not? Is she not yeah. harpooning the whales? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know that that part where Emily's like selling blubber on the side of the road and <laughs> Well watching uh, Pardon right. me. Um and she tells off her DAR group. Yeah, 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 yeah. So she evolves. That's that's which is which is rare for, for someone at that stage of life and, and amazing. So that, that was powerful. Yeah. yeah, that was the one good part of the revival. It was because everybody else devolved. Yep, yep. Uh, Rory just suddenly is like, as you know, both of us are working journalists. Uh, I can say with confidence that someone who uh, uh, covered the Obama campaign and traveled with Obama uh, definitely wouldn't be struggling to find work. Oh my uh, God. At that point, if she was just, you know, just tried to freelance for a little bit, she would, she would do fine. You know, she's got great clips, um, yeah. but instead she's like working for free at a local newspaper all of a sudden. And it's just a very strange series of decisions, creative decisions that aren't really her fault, I guess. And um, that's weird. And Lorelai has a freak out and leaves. And, but, but, you know, we have to say, I have to say, I don't know about you, but for me, the thing that made that whole revival series unforgivable were the musical numbers that were just <laughs> inserted into every episode like almost just to make them like as if they weren't long enough they're like 90 minutes each and mm -hmm. they're like yeah like let's just add 20 minutes of everyone you know in a non-contextual musical you know episode where suddenly we're dancing through the streets of stars hollow and you know, I, no one knows what's actually happening. And it's this weird magical realism. I, I did not get that at no. all. No, I watched that, kept thinking like, something's going to happen. Somebody's going to crash through the stage. Somebody's yeah, going to yeah. announce this, something and nothing. It added zero. They could yeah. take it out. And this it is going to tie in somehow. And it was just like, no, like the creators just really love musicals. And they just wanted to use Netflix money to, to do whatever they wanted. So, yeah. yeah. Like, do that on your own time, guys. I know, I know. You guys are rich enough at this point. You can just make a musical if you want to make a musical. Don't, don't, you know, infect Gilmore Girls and force us to watch it. Yeah, don't come for our girls. Um, yeah. Just really quickly going back to how awful Rory now is as a journalist. Uh -huh. I don't know about you, but in my journalism career thus far, I have not either shown up to a job interview with zero right. things to pitch. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have also just never- The most unprepared. The most, and she just expects the job. Like, oh, you weren't just gonna offer it to me? Why am I here? Mm -hmm. I've also never fallen asleep while interviewing someone. Yeah, that, me neither. Just, uh, I mean, look, and then the other crazy thing that, that she does throughout that whole thing is like, um, we didn't even mention this, but I, I, I didn't even put him on my undraftable list because it's so low, but she strings along that guy, Paul, for like, Four episodes just as like a dumb running joke. Like that's so like, you know, oh, yeah. man. Yeah. So as much as I would love to see more Gilmore Girls, if it's going to be like that, I can, I think, I think I'll just, just, let's just leave, leave it where it lies. Yeah. I think I'm good. And it's, it's funny because back in the original series, the thing that sends her into her tailspin is right. Lo Logan Huntsberger's dad telling her that she doesn't got it. She's not mm -hmm. fit to be a journalist. Yeah. He was right. Apparently, yeah. He knew what he was talking about. Turns out the guy that owns all the newspapers really, really could, uh, yeah, he called it like he seed it. Wow, that was really bad. He called it like he saw it. <laughs> he said, I know when somebody's got it and when they don't, and mm -hmm. he was 100% on the nose. Yeah, yeah. He was framed uh, as a real villain, but he was the realest person on that show. Who knew? Who knew? Well, let's move on to, I guess, a little bit more relevant pop culture. Sure, sure. Oh, you mean not 15 years old? <laughs> <laughs> For anyone that needed a hot Gilmore Girls take, that was that. But uh, mm -hmm. at time of recording, it, it's been about a week since uh, the new Batman trailer dropped. Yeah. And there was a bit of, of uh, kind of, uh, uh, of scary news about it yesterday. I don't know if you heard. Yeah, they had to uh, suspend filming, which I wouldn't think they were still filming. Yeah, so I, they, they, just, they just resumed filming, and then Robert Pattinson uh, was uh, diagnosed with COVID. So, uh, you know, we're sending him, his, sending him our best. Hope he makes a quick recovery. 
Um, because this movie, uh, as we were about to talk about, I, I think personally looks pretty, pretty fucking cool. <laughs> I'm into it. Yeah. How you... do you feel about it? Oh, um, I, I don't oh. know that, I don't know that we okay. needed another Batman movie. <laughs> yeah. I mean, listen, that I, I agree. You know, there are, there have been a lot of Batman movies. Um, there are a lot of Batman out there right now. Ben Affleck is still playing Batman. Apparently he's going to be coming back for another movie uh, they just announced uh, at the same time as his Robert Pattinson movie is coming out. Um, so yeah, but, but I think, you know, we, we, live in, we live in a world where these superhero movies are just going to keep coming out with new people over and over again. And so if we have to have a new Batman movie, which we do apparently because Warner Brothers wants us to have it, uh, <laughs> this one looks pretty cool. You know, like Matt Reeves is a really great director. Uh, he directed the last two Planet of the Apes movies, which were really awesome, if anybody saw those. And uh, he's just got, like, a really interesting take on, on these, like, you know, beloved characters. And, and, um, and I think, you know, uh, this could be a very cool, fun Batman movie. Uh, yeah, you're right. We probably don't need it. But if we're going to have one, um, as a former emo kid, I love the fact that they cast an emo Robert Pattinson in eyeliner and swoopy hair to play Batman. It's, it's, that, that is a fresh take. You know, we haven't seen that yet. Yeah, that's so true. The Batmans are usually pretty cool guys mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that look like they could steal your girlfriend anytime they wanted. That's right. That's right. Yeah. When, when they're in Bruce Wayne mode, they're like a little slick James Bondy kind of vibes and that's not the case here at all no emo robert is there with the swoopy the hair over the one eye yeah he's gonna buy his bat suit from hot topic this is i mean does it look like it's gonna be his most emo role yet yeah i think so i think that's uh that's definitely saying something um but it definitely is just it's, it's like in terms of full-on you know scene 2005 emo this is definitely <laughs> it uh, like I mentioned, he's got the eye makeup, he's got the brooding, uh, he's got the floppy hair, and um, I'm here for it. I'm honestly here for it. You know, I think Robert Pattinson's a really interesting guy. He's like, he, he reminds me a little bit uh, in terms of career arc of like a Channing Tatum type person where when, when he first arrived on the scene, you know, Channing Tatum was in Step Up and uh, Robert Pattinson was in Twilight. And so like, those are the kinds of guys that, that uh, Generally speaking, stereotypically speaking, most dudes are going to not really care for because, you know, they seem like they're just these like props that to make uh, teen girls scream. And, uh, and they've both made really awesome, interesting career choices to show that, that there's more to them than just being eye candy. And, um, and I, love, I, I love a lot of the movies that Robert Pattinson has made in the last few years. He was in uh, a really awesome movie called Good Time, which was made by the directors of Uncut Gems. He was in a movie called The Rover. And so I think his take on Batman is going to be hopefully similarly interesting and weird and as strange as he is. So we'll see, we'll see how that turns out. Yeah. yeah. Edward Cullen, more like Edward Sullen. <laughs> nice one. Sick. <laughs> I thought of that earlier and wrote it down. Hell yeah. <laughs> you should make those t-shirts now before someone else gets to them. TM, TM. <laughs> That's how that works. That's how um, that works. I don't actually think I've ever seen Robert Pattinson in a movie. Oh, really? Not even Twilight? No. I, I skipped the you Twilight. Skipped, you skipped that whole thing, huh? I skipped it. I keep saying I'm going to watch uh, The King with him on Netflix, him and right. Timothy Chalamet. Haven't hit I haven't it yet. Haven't gotten to it. A lot of weird haircuts in that one, too. Oh, man. The bowl cut is so persistent. Incredible. Incredible. But yeah, um, I, I don't know him from anything. I only know him from paparazzi photos in which he's yeah. just always sullen and sulky looking. Yeah. Well, if, if, if you want to like him as a person, uh, not to be too much of a company man, but uh, GQ did publish a really cool cover story with him a couple of months ago that I highly recommend you read. It is chock full of weird details and personality. He, he did the photo shoot himself. Uh, uh, from his apartment in, in, Lon in London during a lockdown. Uh, the photos are crazy, and the article is even more batshit crazy, pun intended. <laughs> um, he, talks about, he, he talks about how his, his dream in life is to start a company 
um, where that sells handheld pasta. Mm -hmm. And he makes it over Zoom for our writer, Zach Barron, that I, I, it's, I don't want to spoil it. It's one of the craziest recipes I've ever heard of in my entire life. And you absolutely need to go read it. It is a very entertaining, worthwhile article. So Sold. I will do that. That's a good place to start. I will do that when this is done. I'm excited to see uh, Colin Farrell is unrecognizable. Yeah, crazy. Yeah, I know. They put so much makeup on him. Kind of defeats the purpose of uh, hiring Colin Farrell, you know? (laughs) But uh, I guess we'll see how it goes. Yeah, yeah, pretty wild. He's playing the Penguin. And I guess, I mean, when Danny DeVito did it, he was also under 43 pounds of makeup on the daily. He was under a lot of makeup, but you could still, even with the nose and the teeth, there was a Danny DeVito-ness about him. We haven't seen much footage of Colin Farrell, yeah. but he doesn't look like, you know, like a laid back, hard drinking Irish guy. I have to say that. So, <laughs> so we'll see. We'll see how it turns out. Yeah. We'll see. I, love, I do love Colin Farrell. I think, uh, you know. He's also, he's one too, that he's become a really interesting actor after doing the yes. pretty boy roles in the beginning. For sure. For sure. He's made a lot of really cool movies. Um, the Lobster, which is a really weird, awesome movie. I love that one. Yeah. 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 Um, and then I'm excited to see Zoe Kravitz as Catwoman. Yeah, the best. She rules. Anything she does, I come running. What a queen. Um, so thinking back to all of them, who's your favorite Batman of all time? Um, you know, I, I was thinking about this. I think Michael Keaton still takes the cake for me. You know, I love the Christian Bale movies. They're probably better on the whole, more watchable. But Michael Keaton as Batman... Uh, he really set the template for all the Batman that came after him and uh, is just like total badass, you know, good looking guy, great actor, a lot of force and personality. Yeah. So I think, I think he, he takes the cake for me. How about you? George Clooney. Oh, wow. (laughs) (laughs) The the Jason of Batman. I wanted to say that mostly just for your reaction. I'm also going to go with, uh, with Keaton. Yeah, he's great. He's awesome. And he's funny. He's got like some zingers in that movie. He's got an attitude. He does. He's got some good lines. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, listen, I have to say, I, I will admit that when I was, when did that movie come out? When, when did the George Clooney one come out? I think like 1997 or something like that. I was like seven years old. So I did love that movie when it came out. Watching it now, it is not good. But I was obsessed with, I, I had a, such a huge crush on Alicia Silverstone. She's yeah. Batgirl in that movie. She's a, she's a real badass. Um, and yeah, yeah, no. Uh, th- those, the Arnold Schwarzenegger's uh, Mr. Freeze puns hit a lot better when you're seven than they do oh. when you're like 27, <laughs> I will say. So uh, yeah, they are rough. <laughs> it is. It's a rough watch now. And I too, mm-hmm. I was... I was lured in by Chris O'Donnell's beauty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Another, another looker. But, wow. oh, what a painful watch. I feel like, too, I think Val Kilmer, had he been in a better Batman, could have been yeah. better at it. Yeah. He Those was, Joel uh, that, Schumachers are not good. No, no. Rest in peace. He recently passed away, but uh, ooh, his, his, at least his legacy in Batman is not fondly remembered, I have to say. Yeah. <laughs> Um, how do you feel? I, I never caught Ben Affleck as Batman. He's the only one I haven't seen. Um, he's okay. Yeah. He's, uh, not my fave. He's, 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 uh, he's got a cool bat suit. I'll give him that. All right. A little, uh, a little beefy, but, uh, no, he's, he's fine. Those movies are pretty bad. All the ones that he's been in. It's not his fault necessarily, but, um, yeah. Yeah. They're skippable. Okay. Um, if you're going to watch one DC movie from the last however long it's been it's wonder woman is like the only one really worth watching oh, okay the rest the rest i can you know take or leave so i think i could be talked into watching ben affleck as batman if i was promised that he does it with a boston accent mm, that would be awesome <laughs> that would be great yeah yeah and you know we could get our guy we could just do a whole town reunion <gasps> um we get john ham as superman i'd be into that don't uh, even I Hollywood hire the us. town. Look at all these great ideas we have. Man. Oh my god! I just watched a two and a half hour director's cut of the town during pandemic. Mm-hmm. I wish I could get my hands on the four hour 
one that yeah. Ben Affleck originally submitted. That's what that's really what Ben Affleck needs to be doing rather than playing Batman. He needs to start just directing more Boston crime crime dramas. Oh, we need I more of those. All. Gone Baby Gone, The Town, those are killer movies, man. Seriously. Yeah, love them. Give me crime and a Boston accent and I'm mm. there. Yeah. We should just move to Boston. I think there's a lot of crime and Boston accents <laughs> there right here. So <laughs> could be your day-to-day -day life. Thank you Love so them. much for coming on here, y'all. Oh, thanks for having me. This was delightful. As soon as I thought this podcast up and was like, well, I got to have a Gilmore Girls episode. Mm -hmm. Nobody better than Young. Yeah, I have to have the Gilmore guy talk, on, talk about Gilmore Girls. So I'm glad we did this. Yeah, and we've already decided there will be an OC one coming up. Hell yeah. I'll, I'll start prepping for it now. Right? Got to get, get my draft cards ready. Oh, whoo, that's going to be a rough one. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, thanks so much, man. Where can people find you on the Twitters and the Instagrams? Yeah, uh, I am at Youngo. That's Y-A-N-G-G-O-H on both of those. And uh, you can read me on GQ.com. So cool. Oh, just catch me on GQ.com. So are you. Don't worry about it. <laughs> All right. All right, man. Thanks so much. Thank you. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to this Gilmore Girls Heavy episode. If you stuck it out all the way through, I appreciate you. You should tweet me. Let me know who your picks in a dream draft would be. I am at the Bianca T or at Bees Nest Podcast. And you can catch Bees Nest Podcast on Anchor.fm, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts. And if you're going to do that, please subscribe, rate, and review. That would be amazing of you. It would be most appreciated. But I'll catch you next time either way.